Welcome to Diabetic Highs and Lows, Life Alongside Diabetes, a short series where we explore the family dynamics of living with a chronic illness. In each of these episodes, I will sit down with one of my family members to discuss the highs and lows of living with and alongside diabetes. And so in this episode, we have your mom. Yep, Lori Romero. <laughs> or Lori Ann, depending on which family member you're it's asking. It's funny we discussed that in the interview. <laughs> oh, that's so perfect. You're yeah. welcome, Grandpa. <laughs> that's right. And we're also talking about focaccia bread. My mom's favorite. All right. So when I told my mom we were making focaccia bread for yeah. this episode, her response was classic. Um, I wish I could recreate it. We should have did a sound bite of her. <laughs> like, oh, really? Oh, so oh. excited and surprised. She's Italian. And every time we ask her what her favorite or what she wants us to make when she visits, it's always, can we do focaccia bread? <laughs> always. Every time. And there are, there are a number of other things that she loves that we've made. Of Obviously, course. like the cinnamon rolls we did for a previous episode. She loved those. The one time she, we made it when she was here too, but there's something about that focaccia. <laughs> it's in her Italian blood. That's right. And this kind of gets into the first like thing about this bread that I think is funny, interesting, whatever. <laughs> uh, how do you say this? the name of this bread? Focaccia. Okay, so I have... <laughs> I don't know. Am I saying it wrong? I have No, no, but <laughs> okay. that's the point. The point is that the pronunciation of this bread is... Uh, like, I don't know, dependent on your kind of regional and kind of linguistic background. Mm. Because for the most part, in common kind of English, especially American English parlance, we would call it focaccia with this like soft SH. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the, the double C in Italian is a harder CH. Mm. So it's focaccia. Interesting. And so I, yeah, it's funny because <laughs> I find myself saying both because I've yeah, heard both. Yeah, I have both. heard you say that. Focaccia, and I always kind of giggle because it's like fancy. <laughs> it it's, just sounds fancy to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, there are some. So Brian Ford, who is a baker and uh, now has had some kind of shows. He has a cookbook called New World Sourdough. Um, he has a recipe for focaccia and he spells it out phonetically and it's fantastic. I think it's great. And so it's, I think he spells it F O C. It could be a K. I can't remember. I'd have to go and check the the cookbook. Uh, A S H A. So he actually like spells (laughs) it out phonetically. It's, it's great. Um, but this bread is one of the most, uh, I don't know, easy yeah. And I guess easy because it is, it really... Hard to mess up. <laughs> yeah, it gives you a lot of leeway. And this, the one we made for this episode is a good example of that because <laughs> we had a moment of, crap, she's leaving tomorrow. We need to make some bread for her. And do we have time? Can we do this? And I was like, well, yeah, let's throw it in the mixer real fast. I think I recall you being like, Oh, we don't have time. And I was like, make it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank you for That's correcting the record. That's how it really went. Yes. Thank you for correcting the record. Uh, the <laughs> So I very quickly threw in a mix of flour. And in fact, I think I did a little more bread flour than I usually do. And then I also did a little more water than I usually do. <laughs> and more to the point, I accidentally 
put too much salt in because it came out too fast. <laughs> and all these little pieces of the mix were like, oh my gosh, this is so ridiculous. And it started mixing and it was very clear that I had uh, a bit more water than usual yeah. in this dough. And so it was way, way slack and loose. <laughs> I came into the kitchen crap. and Steve had dough like all over his fingers and he's trying to like poke the holes like stick his fingers or spread you know you weren't poking the holes you were spreading yeah i had just spreading put it, into it in the, the pad yeah. to get it to the edges and he you're like ah! <laughs> there's so much yeah it's so sticky i had oiled but it's fine it's oiled fine up and everything. it's so sticky but it's fine it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> uh but that's you know and that's one of the reasons why i love this bread so much beside the fact that it's absolutely delicious easily one of the tastiest breads that that we've ever made mm-hmm. um but it is, it's so easy to do it so many different ways and it still comes out great. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I like most about this is that because you mix this wetter than you would most other breads, you can't form this into a loaf. Like you can't shape this yeah. and have it hold its shape. It's just not going to happen. But that's mm-hmm. kind of the point. More water means that it will facilitate a little bit more bubbles as it ferments. And so that super, super loose slack dough, you just put it into either a sheet pan or a like 13 by 9 cake pan or something like that. And this thing will fill the space because it's so loose. It just kind of like over the span of its hour, hour and a half second rise there, you pop it in that and it spreads and it's super, super slack, so soft. And the thing that sets this bread apart from a lot of the others that we've done thus far um, is the, frankly, kind of excess of olive oil that's included <laughs> in this recipe. It's like so, swimming, basically. Yeah, so the dough itself, it has olive oil in there, but it's not like an excessive amount. But the key is that you put actually a ton of olive oil in the pan when you put the dough in there to do its last rise. And then before you put it in the oven, pour a bunch more on top, (laughs) dimple it down with your fingers. Basically, just push your fingers down to the bottom of the pan Mm -hmm. through the dough. Um, And all of that olive oil that it's more... I mean, it's going to look like it's too much. Yeah. So in the corners, you can see (laughs) the olive oil almost like... Puddling. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And in the little dimples you made with your fingers. Yeah. (laughs) You got little little pools of olive oil. and But when you bake it, it's pretty hot. This is pretty hot for most breads. 425. Mm -hmm. Some people do 450 Fahrenheit. It's pretty hot. But all of that olive oil fries the exterior of the mm-hmm. bread while the inside is rising. And it kind of seeps inside too. The inside you could taste the olive oil. And mm. this the one we made, we did, we just topped with salt. Yeah. Um there are so many different things you could put on it. Uh I'm usually the picky one in the <laughs> But I mean, if you've been to Italy, I've been uh Cinque Terre. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm saying that right. I never know if I'm saying anything right, but (laughs) anyway, is this little town, seaside town in Italy. I think that's where focaccia kind of originated or that's what they claim. Right. Um, But they have all these little shops with the most bizarre topped focaccia bread you've ever seen. (laughs) But it was really fun to, you know, 
see the kind of different things you could top it with, you could really put anything on there. Totally. We've um, done like tomatoes mm-hmm. and peppers or you know, onions, you could do fruits, fruits even. Yeah, absolutely. Cheeses. Yeah. Um, garlic is a classic. Mm-hmm. So like garlic and rosemary is a classic. Yeah, that one's really good. But if you're going to do that, and this is a little tip, <laughs> don't chop up or mince the garlic because it will burn. By the time it's baked, yeah. it comes out, there will be black. <laughs> so uh, leave them whole. You can crush them a little bit if you want to, to get a little more garlicky flavor, but leave them whole while they roast. Otherwise, you're going to have some charred little bits. <laughs> All right. We are here today with Lori Romrell. Lori Ann Romrell. Sorry. <laughs> My <Grandpa>. mom. <laughs> That's for you, Grandpa. <laughs> Um, and we're going to be talking about our experiences together. It all kind of started with you. So I guess let's start out. Yes, it did. Why don't you tell us about the beginnings? Well, the beginnings were, we were going to take a trip to San Francisco and about, I don't know, a week or two before we, we were getting ready to leave. Um, I started worrying that maybe you had a urinary infection or something because you're going to the bathroom all the time. And that's kind of mm-hmm. how you feel, like you have to go to the bathroom all the time. And so I was a little bit worried about it. And so I thought, oh, well, before we go, we better go to the doctor and make sure that you don't have a urinary infection. So I took you to Dr. Cannon, our, our doc, pediat- pediatric doctor who we all loved. And he did tests and everything was just fine. Nothing. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know. There's some, This is not normal. <laughs> and so... We go on our trip to San Francisco. <laughs> on the trip to San Francisco, <laughs> I found nowhere. Every bathroom was close to where we went because that's all you had to do. And when you're on trips, you're always drinking pop because you're outside or you're having treats and stuff. So I'm sure they just made it worse because it wasn't normal food. We were out, you know, trekking around through San Francisco. But then by the time we were coming back, it just didn't seem like it was a urinary infection. It seemed like um, it was something else. And I had had experience with some friends when your dad was in Berkeley mm-hmm. going to law school. Um, a girl named Melissa, who we actually named you after, who was one of my really good friends, <laughs> bizarrely enough, had type 1 diabetes. And she had three kids. And so I knew a little bit about her life and how she dealt with things. and um, And so it just kept coming into my head that I really think this is diabetes. I'm worried this is type 1 diabetes. I kept telling your dad, and he's like, oh, I don't think so. I'm sure it's just something else. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, okay. So by the time we came back, you were really, you were getting really thin, and it was, you just didn't seem well at all. And so we immediately took you to Dr. Cannon. And um, yeah, we immediately went up to the hospital from there. (laughs) It's kind of interesting. What I remember... So I remember going to the, I don't really remember being sick. Yeah. I remember specifically from that trip we visited the Allens and Genevieve and I, I think we had like a sleepover type of thing with her. We were mm-hmm. watching a movie and I remember specifically we were eating those like sugar straws that are like covered oh, in sugar. And I yeah. literally was in the bathroom every five seconds and I remember Genevieve being like, are you okay? <laughs> and feeling embarrassed about it. But to yeah. me, I, it was just like, oh, I just have to, like, it was weird to me mm-hmm. because I was nine right. years old. And so right. when you're nine, you don't 
Right. Obviously, well, you kind of know something's weird, but. And one of the other things that made me believe that it was type one was the fact that when you were going, you were going a lot. It wasn't like you were just yeah, going a little bit. Yeah, my body was expelling everything. Your body was expelling. So it was so much every time, which just didn't yeah. seem right. And I was, yeah. and I kept thinking, oh, this is just like. And so I just kept thinking that was what it was. I didn't want it to be, but yeah. I just kept thinking this is what it is. So in, what, in yeah, a way. What do you remember from Dr. Cannon's office? Um, from Dr. Cannon's office, we went in, he did the blood tests and came back. And I remember his face mm-hmm. because his face came in and I knew, I just knew that I was right because mm-hmm. it was not going to be, I mean, it could have been something worse, obviously, but sure. it was you know, the fact that it was that, um, when he said, yes, we, I, she's, she's probably has type one diabetes. And at that point, you know, I'll, at that point, all I wanted to do was make it okay for you because mm-hmm. I couldn't break down or cry or show any sign of this is a terrible thing because I was just so afraid that it would affect you. Dude, so that I'd be scared. Yeah. So I just wanted it to be as, as normal as possible and say, <laughs> okay, we're going to deal with this. It's going to be fine. We have to go up to the hospital and figure out how to do this, and then 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 we'll be able to come home and we'll be fine. And so that's kind of how I sort of went into that mode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know me, which is hard. Being a parent is hard because you are instead of worrying about yourself, you're worrying about someone else. But yeah, you know you have to worry about yourself too. Yeah, or else then nobody's okay. <laughs> if right. you're not okay, nobody's right. okay. Right. And I do remember that after we were there at the hospital, what, three days mm-hmm. or four, I don't even remember. And I stayed there with you and I slept there. They had On a that place, little couch. A little couch, <laughs> yeah, a little chair that turned into a couch. And I do, I mean, a little chair that turned into a bed kind of thing. And I remember getting home the first night and we put you to sleep. And then I went into our room and I just cried. And that was when I cried and cried and cried. And your dad was like, are you going to be okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm be okay. It was all held in for so long because mm-hmm. I hadn't been able to grieve about it or, or even have any sort of reaction because I was with you 24-7. Mm-hmm. And I just would not let you see that I was <laughs> upset about it. I just wouldn't. I was not going to let that it's kind happen. Of interesting. I think, I think especially now, I think we kind of try to, show our kids more of that grieving and emotion mm-hmm. but it's a balance between scaring them right exactly <laughs> and exactly. you know showing them that you know yeah. being scared and being mm-hmm. sad and it's all part of dealing yeah. with the emotions mm-hmm. of diagnosis right right and really having um that great nurse i can't remember her name now joan um, joan <laughs> joan was really great because she would not allow Melissa to feel like she was any different you know yeah. that you're you're the same person you're able to do all these things mm-hmm. and I can remember her saying what do you like to do and you said well I like to do dance and I like to swim <laughs> she said you can do all those things with diabetes you can do all these things you don't have to change anything and Melissa's like oh okay so I think it was like it was very interesting that she sort of led the way for me mm-hmm. in how to talk about it with you mm-hmm. um and that really helped me to sort of think about how I wanted to deal with it with sure. you too. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was such a shock. Any, yeah. Do you remember anything, obviously the overwhelm of the hospital, but do you remember, um, we've been talking with siblings. Do you remember talking to them about, uh, 
the diagnosis mm-hmm. and kind of explaining them? Do you remember what that was like? Yeah, it was. I remember the one thing that I remember the most, which made me cry, <laughs> was that after we told the boys, you know, Matthew and Christopher, and I think it was Matthew that said, why couldn't it have been me? I wish it was me and not Melissa. Why couldn't it have been me? You know, and Chris was like, yeah, it should have been me. You know, and, and it was just like, it was this little moment of knowing how much they loved you, that they just couldn't fathom that something like this was happening yeah. to you, their sister, you know, when, when it should have happened to them instead. I mean, I just thought that was really, <laughs> that was one of the sweetest moments because, Brothers and sisters are not always kind to each other, <laughs> but it was one of this. It was one of the sweetest moments, really. But talking to them about how we wanted it to be as normal as possible, we didn't want it to to be weird. We didn't want it. Mm-hmm. We wanted you to have as, you know, we wanted it to be as normal as possible. So that was our real goal: was to try and keep it um, level and not big emotions, you know, because. It gets these huge emotions. It's already so it overwhelming. Be, yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's hard for you as a little child to understand this is forever. Yeah. Whereas for us, it's forever. You right. know, and even though we hoped for a cure, which we're still hoping for, like <laughs> sure, million years later. But um, <laughs> you know, it it's it's knowing that we know what that means in the future. You're not even. To close to be able to fathom that once they knew that you weren't going to be sick or that you weren't going to die or something like mm-hmm. that you know then then they were okay as long as we knew what to do you know yeah and learning what to do and how to and how to take care of it all was a little bit overwhelming for everybody i think yeah i think i think what i remember most um was school mm-hmm. and your you know, always telling me to <laughs> make sure everybody knows and everybody knows what to do. And you were like yeah. my champion. You you would, yeah. you know, make sure my teachers knew what to do. And, right. you know, I think yeah. there was a lot of kind of, there were different teachers, right? Mm-hmm. Teachers that handled it differently yep. and... Teachers that handled it very well. <laughs> One in particular that handled it very poorly. But... Yeah. um but one of the things that was hardest, seriously, was letting you out of our sight. And I think that <laughs> yeah. we had this we had had this trip planned to England with our friends for two years, you mm-hmm. know, and it, you got sick right before this. And we had maybe three or four weeks to get ready mm-hmm. and get everybody else ready to who were you supposed to be staying with all the aunts and mom, my mom and, and grandma and everybody. And it's like, is this even possible? Should we just not go? You know, so we finally said we we're going to go. But being away was hard because a part of me was still there with you all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm in England, I'm enjoying it, but there's still this part of me that was there. And and that didn't end. Every time you're at school and for a long time it was just uh, you know, is there is everyone taking care of you? You know, because if something happens then and and we're not there, then right. someone else has to know what to do, okay. you know. Those kind of fears are part of being the parent of a young diabetic. And well, I think in what we've learned is even adult, an adult diabetic, right? Because mm-hmm. I think you and you and dad still kind of have that fear, which is sure, I think normal, but I think that's really shaped kind of how mm-hmm. yeah. we've grown as a family is that mm-hmm. sort of protective quality. <laughs> we all want to protect <laughs> each other, right? That's true. Um, but I think there's it never goes away, 
but you put it aside so you can function, you <laughs> sure. know, but it, it never goes away. It, especially things like if I know that Steve's going to be gone and you're going to be here and you're going to be alone, <laughs> right. that does make me a little crazy. So <laughs> I see it. I still get a little uptight and nervous about it because there's always that possibility. And that's the part that's, that's hard to, to put aside, even though, you know, I know you take great care of yourself. It's so rare. Sure. And, and it, what was interesting to me was it was so rare. I'll be, we'd go to, like we went to um, Camp Utah or we went to these different places and people would say, oh, and how many times has your daughter been in the hospital? And I'm like, um, none. <laughs> or, well, I guess there was that one time where she, you know, one time. So it was very obvious that you were a very responsible person taking care of your diabetes in a way that, in fact, your dad and I rarely had to worry about it in any way, you know, other than making sure you had something with you, sure. like a juice or something. The most part, you were just doing it. And so... It took a huge burden off of us because you were so responsible, where a lot of other kids are not. Mm-hmm. And being a teacher, I've seen both sides. There are kids who are really responsible, and there are kids that are horribly irresponsible. And so you're just like, wow, <laughs> we were really, really lucky to have you. Yeah, all the all the uh, the parents with diabetic kids want them and want their kids in your class. That's true <laughs> because they know. <laughs> yes. Put them in my class, please. And you kind of shepherd them into your class yes. because you know. Yes. What Mm -hmm. having a teacher who doesn't, you know, and not always through a fault of their own, just cluelessness or not really understanding what can happen. But I know when someone's acting a little bit off. Yeah. Because (laughs) if someone's going low, she has like a spiny sense for being low. I actually know now because it's like, (laughs) wow, I think you're low. Should we go check your blood? Oh, yeah, maybe. Okay. And then, yeah, send him down the office. It was, and it's nice now that. Kids don't have to go to the office every time. Yeah, because that was a big it thing. It used to be that you had to go to the office every time, and now they can take care of it on their own. Mm-hmm. That was such a the huge, huge difference. Definitely moved forward and mm-hmm. yeah. kind of allowing for... I mean, yeah. I remember it was like, I didn't take shots at school. I took a shot before school, and then it was like, let's just hope it all goes into action, make sure right. like I'm eating. It didn't really yep. allow for... Uh, you know, things that happen, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you know, right. having right. Le- lunch later right. or not being as hungry. And so right. I didn't want to eat everything that you sent right. me. Right. So or if they had a party and there was going to be, mm-hmm. you know, cupcakes or something else, there's not a whole lot we could do about it at that time. Sure. You know, so they would always try and do something different for you. And sometimes that's good. And sometimes that's bad. You know, yeah. it's just, you never quite knew how it's to, hard how to deal with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and one of the things that made it easy about school was that you had an advocate without me being there yeah. because your advocate was Marilyn, who was one of the, who was one of the, um, uh, that was the main, sec- uh, the main secretary yeah. there. And she just she had great. your back <laughs> and she was there for you and made sure that everything was okay and loved you. And you knew that she cared about you. And so it was a safe place. It wasn't like you went yeah. to the office and you had a, a place where you felt like it wasn't, you weren't cared for. Yeah. And that made me feel really good in elementary school. When you went to junior high, it was entirely different. <laughs> well, and having situation. all those different teachers, some of them who don't really remember mm-hmm. remember yeah. you. I had a teacher yeah. who almost threatened to fail me when I was low yeah. and kind of mm-hmm. being all over the place. And it was yeah. nuts. And I remember walking into the hallway, not like just being mm-hmm. 
totally yeah. out of it. And yeah. I remember you talked to her at a parent teacher conference and mm-hmm. she didn't even remember I was diabetic. Yeah. I'm like, uh, and the fury. Um, yeah, Moms, was, you don't want to <laughs> see yeah. the fury of yeah. Mrs. Romero. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Not when it comes to my kids. <laughs> yeah. Not when I know what it takes to be that teacher and if you're not going to be that teacher then why are you there with my child yeah it was not it was not good and I know because it's so many kids you know but you have to at least understand the few that have these issues I mean it's such a small thing to be able to know and understand but for people who have not had anyone in their family that had type 1 diabetes it is hard for them to understand if they've had type 2 diabetics they they Mm -hmm. it's not the same yeah. And so until they really understand it, it's it, sometimes people take it too lightly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's kind of an interesting, yeah, just feeling, mm-hmm. letting your child go out into the world and like letting them <laughs> experience things. And I think we've kind of talked about the feelings of, that I have feeling anxious about you guys worrying about me, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. that's kind of hard too is... Yeah. Finding that balance between feeling worried about someone, but also knowing that, you know, yeah. life has to move forward and <laughs> I live exactly. my, have to live my life. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's kind of a yeah. messy, messy yeah. in between that a lot of diabetics yeah. probably feel, you know, I want, I often wonder now they have the technology where you can, you know, view your kids numbers on your phone mm-hmm. And yep. I feel like that can be a blessing and a curse for people who are overly anxious or stressed or and checking it all the time and worrying. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would just be constantly, you know, like yeah. looking at it. Oh, okay. They're at school. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, and there's always that you're never just soaring at 100 all the time. Right. No. There's always no. a dip and there's always, mm-hmm. I, yeah. you know, it's kind of a spidey sense that you have. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, are you low? Are you high? Like, <laughs> well, and then I'd be like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. Okay. 15 minutes later. <laughs> what, what, is there anybody to get your dad Fine, to talk I to you? I actually am. Because <laughs> usually if I would say it and then it'd be like, no, yes, no, stop telling me I'm high. It's embarrassing. I'm like, Especially when we're out in public. That sounds so weird. I'm like, I'm really sorry. I don't know how to say it. Let's come up with a different way. Oh. <laughs> But it was, yeah, it was really hard at, you know, and, and the interesting thing was, I think that because you, I was always grateful in a way that you got diabetes when you did, if you were going to, because I thought if we had had to do it when you were a teenager, <laughs> it would just all hell would have broken loose. And I don't, sorry, I don't <laughs> think that that would have been, but because you were so used to it and we, and we knew what we were doing and it, you, you'd sort of adjusted, you didn't have a lot of the problems that a lot of other kids had when they went, when they were, um, that we were warned about, you know, mm-hmm. that sure. the kids who are um, uh, teenagers can go through where they will do weird things to try and lose weight or they will do these kind of things to, you know, that, mm-hmm. that are really abusive to their bodies using their di- diabetes to make those things happen. And so, you know, we were grateful that you, you know, had your swimming, you had your friends. It was a pretty stable mm-hmm. existence for you during those times. Mm-hmm. Um it was hard for us to have you go to college. That was another hard time where we had, we didn't see you every day and you were just gone. You know I mean? That was hard mm-hmm. because you worry, is she taking care of herself? You know, is she, is anyone else paying attention? You know, her roommates understand this, 
that's what <laughs> might happen if she gets weirdly high and angry or low. And yeah, you know. do you remember um, that time when I went low when mm-hmm. Kaylee yeah. called you? Kaylee called me. Yeah. What do you remember talking about? I remember Kaylee going. Melissa's, Melissa's not acting normal. She's not acting normal. She's not making any sense. I said, is she low? I don't know. She, I don't know if she's low. She won't let me, she won't test. I'm like, okay, you need to get her to drink. You need to get her to drink juice right now. Right now. Get her to drink juice right now. I'm yelling at the phone, you know, like telling people what to do. You get this right now. And um, yeah, so those are moments where it's like, and you're far away and there's nothing you can do. And that is really, really awful. That's yeah. hard. Yeah. What do you... Uh, talking about that being far away, what do you remember mm-hmm. from the low that Steve and I talked about? You know, <laughs> that was like the worst. Have you blocked it out? No, <laughs> that was the one of the worst nights of your dad and I's life. I mean, seriously, I could not sit still. I just paced. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long it was, 45 minutes. I don't know, an hour. It was know. like, it seemed like forever, <laughs> but we just paced and paced and paced when we were waiting to hear back. Because once I I told Steve what to do, and he's like, oh, okay, 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 because I was being very direct. Boom, do this, do this, do this, do this. He's like, oh, okay, 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 because he couldn't think at that point because he was like, it is a moment of sheer terror is what it is. It's just mm-hmm. terror. We don't know what has happened. You could have been anything. Mm-hmm. You could have been taken by someone. I mean, we don't know. So it's like total panic, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know... Um, and we're in Utah. There's nothing we can do other than listen and wait. And so, yeah, that was not, not a good night. Mm-mm. No. Do you remember, was there anything that helped? You know, I mean, you said you were pacing. What other kind of things nope. were you talking about it? Oh, were yeah. you just, we just what talk, were you talking about? Like dad and I are like, we were talking about all the scenarios that it could have been, where you could have gone, what could have happened. Um, you know, all the horrific things, you know, they would find you would be too late. I mean, it, I mean, you went through the whole thing crying, you know, just, mm-hmm. yeah, it was not okay. And so, and every time that I, every time in these situations, I get so uptight, like what, what could I have done to make her carry juice with her? What could I have done <laughs> to make her have these things with her instead of her saying, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. You're like, ah. <laughs> so that's the part so that was you're frustrating. you're kind of putting it on yourself still. Sure. Yep. Which is yep. kind of interesting. Yep. You know, because... Why did I not make her do this? <laughs> Why did I not insist that she always had this with her? Why did I well, not, Well, but you, know? you do. So that's funny because you do always... <laughs> I know I always, do. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, that sort of weight, I think, as parents, you kind of always carry that sort of stress and, yeah. you know. Yeah. But... Uh, so I guess, how did you feel when Steve called you? Oh, and my word. found me. <laughs> what happened then? Oh, it's just that whole adrenaline rush. Your dad and I just, because it was late. For us, it was like, what, one? No, it was, was earlier, earlier for you. because it was earlier for us. Yeah, Utah's I we were earlier. In bed. I thought we were in bed, though, but. It was probably eight or nine oh, when I don't know. Steve called anyway, you initially. So just literally collapsed on the bed. That adrenaline left, and it was, it was just. Relief. It was, well, relief, but it was also utter exhaustion. Mm-hmm. There was no. You know, just crying and holding each other, and you know it's okay. But yeah, it was it was horrific. <laughs> that was probably that's probably the worst. All the, the all the other things were were hard or difficult, but that one was the worst because we were mm-hmm. so far away. There's nothing we could do. Mm-hmm. It was like the one with but, Kaylee, but, but a you thousand did, times worse. But you did help. You know, you yeah. went into that mode of okay, 
Like, <laughs> here's the things, do these three things. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. you did yeah. help in a way, but you always do feel kind of helpless mm-hmm. when it's not yeah. you. And I yeah. think that's kind of what has been most interesting for me talking to you guys is, you know, the hearing your experiences and how you feel and how you react when you aren't the person having, you know, having diabetes because it is a lot. It's a lot emotionally and it's a lot physically. You were talking about the adrenaline Mm -hmm. and the kind of fear and, you know, responsibility that you take on Mm -hmm. as a parent with someone with type one diabetes is a lot, you know? Yeah. Well, and I've seen parents like bring a diabetic kid with a Jamba juice in the morning. And I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) My brain cells, I'm like, what is happening? You know, just trying to figure out, wow, I know you can give them insulin for this, but this is not a great way to to deal with your life. Sort of with that, you were talking about sort of the crash that they would have afterwards, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, that's a hard thing to navigate because everybody navigates their diabetes differently, right? Yep. And yep. that's a hard thing <laughs> as a parent because you were wanting to always have control and yep. knowing what was happening. Yep. And that's hard to watch other people do different things yep. Yep. because everybody handles their yep. health differently, right? right? And it's right. not necessarily bad yeah. or worse. But yeah. you were kind of in this weird position as you were the caretaker for right. half the day. Right. And you were seeing this right. pattern of, okay... <laughs> hi hi low, low hi low and you Back, know that's and, and that's really going hard to, to navigate. the office over and over and not being able to deal with it mm-hmm. you know and not be able to have a normal school day yeah. because at that point you're she's losing out that person is losing out mm-hmm. and and yeah it was it was frustrating and hard to watch at, at points um but she ended up getting a, a pump and ended up being able to do, be much better Mm-hmm. It helped her in ways that were really great because she was then the little girl was in control More in charge. And of her I own. think that that really does help kids. I mm-hmm. don't know if that's how you feel, too, because I feel like before so much was out of your control. You're just the doctor would tell us how much to give you and mm-hmm. what to do. And this should this should work, you know. Mm-hmm. And in some cases it did. In some cases it just did not. You know, um, we'd always try and give to um, protein when you went to sleep so you didn't have lows, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know how many pads of scrambled eggs I made. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just, you know, I was an expert. I don't like them. In fact, I hate them, but I hate eggs, but I was. That's the mark of true love when you hate something and (laughs) And you make make it it every night. Every night. (laughs) (laughs) That was so funny. Um, But yeah, I think it's very, very difficult to, you can't prepare yourself for it, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, just as a parent who has any other kind of child that, that gets a, an illness that is a long-term illness, you just, it's not something you prepare yourself for. But once you're there, you have to make a decision about how you want to deal with it. And so I feel like we really wanted to make your life as absolutely normal as possible. Mm-hmm. So we adjusted at home mm-hmm. where we had very little extra sugary kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, making, giving other choices, other things that we did. Um, you know, none of us ever drank uh, a sugar drink after that <laughs> till they went away to college and did whatever they wanted, you know, but not at home. <laughs> right. And adjusting with um, 
he would always go and get you ice cream cakes from Dairy Queen mm-hmm. for your birthday because those were much less sugary. Yeah, and and um, just funny things that we did, you know. that. And it's funny because you weren't making those decisions in a way that was out loud to me. Like, Mm-mm. it was never yeah. like, well, we've got to do this because yeah. Yeah. of Melissa, you know. Yeah, and no. I think that's important, no. too, is no. sort of. You know, no. everybody was, mm-hmm. I think, was it Christopher maybe that talked about, you know, it didn't yeah. really seem that big of a deal. We all mm-hmm. just did it. Yeah. You know, we all yeah. made these changes together and mm-hmm. I'm better for it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. Um, what do you, we always, so we've got to talk about media play. <laughs> I was not at media play. I know, but I think that's what's so interesting. Yeah. Um. What do you remember about media play? Because this is before cell phones. So Right. Right. When was the first you heard? So I think I don't know if Dad called from Media Play if he found a phone and called from there or if he called from the hospital. I don't remember which one. <laughs> I just know that I got in the car and drove like crazy and got there. <laughs> <laughs> to media did you come to media no, play or no, to the hospital? No, to the hospital. Okay. Yeah, directly to the hospital. And I think I may have had Andrew with me. I don't know. I can't remember. Because my memory's not that great. I just remember <laughs> I mean this was I just 20 remember years ago, thinking so. to myself, we are so stupid. We are so stupid. We gave her insulin and then went to media play and did not go get food. What are we doing? <laughs> you know, it's just like, wow. I mean, because we never did that. You know, right. we were always so careful. And then just, you know, once not thinking about how it's going to affect you because it just became so normal. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden. Ah! <laughs> do you remember? Uh, do you remember any of the other kids reactions afterwards? Um, yeah, because they were really intense about making sure that you didn't, that we did not get like if we gave you insulin, we were eating. <laughs> You know, they made sure that we were eating right then. It, there was a there was a time for Christopher and Matthew. I think they were just like, are we eating now? Okay, so we're eating now. <laughs> <laughs> we're eating now. So there was a little bit of a rea- overreaction for a while, I think, mm-hmm. you know, until it kind of eased out a little bit and became normal again. But I think they were more, I think they realized it was more serious because you forget mm-hmm. until you have an experience like that how Well, whenever how when everything be. is kind of, this is how it always is and normal. Yep. And, yep. and you, you kind of get in a routine that doesn't feel like anything yep. is different. And you had so few of those. Yeah. You know, it was so few really <laughs> that there was just, you know, because you really did take care of yourself well and, yeah. and so much on you, you know, because as a parent, if a person, if a kid wants to um, go sneak stuff or go do things, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do mm-hmm. about unless you're with them 24 seven, which you can't be. Right. And so, you know, it's it's really a testament to you and your um, ability to organize and your ability to be that kind of person. I ca- always thought to myself, oh, so grateful it's not one of the boys because they're so ADD and so, you know, distractible. It's funny. You know? It wouldn't be a podcast with my mom if she didn't brag about me. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but, but I mean, you have to take credit where it's due because sure. we there were so many kids that that did not happen with. I mean, it just... Well, and everybody acts out in their own ways, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, so that yeah. wasn't my way. I think, do yeah. you remember, we talked about uh, that doctor. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we won't speak wow. his name. No. Um, 
so do you uh, remember? I think that really triggered me in sort of the accusation of me mm-hmm. not, you know, because I did. There was a point where I was making up my numbers, writing them down different because right. I was afraid right. to not. You know, I was afraid of that sort of doctor's appointment of him mm-hmm. telling me that this was bad and my numbers were bad. And yeah. so there yeah. is that amount of that, yeah. obviously, that happened. Do you yeah. remember? I remember much about that. I remember your anxiety about going mm. to see him. And it just got worse. And when we were there with him, and at first, when we first went there, he seemed like this big, well, he seemed like this big, lovable, mm-hmm. you know, kind of big bear like a guy and it, and it seemed like it was going to be great mm-hmm. and then every appointment we went it just did not work obviously sure. personalities just did not work the yep. way he spoke to you and the way that that you reacted did not feel right to mm-hmm. your dad and I we just felt like mm, this is just not working we, we, and so we looked around and found another person mm-hmm. and that person was much better for you I don't know yeah, what it and was. I think I think that it kind of is a testament to like care diabetes care in general because maybe that would have worked, you know, putting the fear in right. somebody, right. you know, maybe right. that would work for somebody, but it definitely wasn't working. I think I think different personalities would deal with it differently and mm-hmm. they may have liked that. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's going to be that way with them, you know. Maybe you just need didn't... that kind of fear of like, okay, mm-hmm. I need to take care of myself. I yeah. Need to, yeah. This is what I need to do. I need to not right. make up my numbers. But, right, right. You know, it was like, don't make up your numbers. But it was like, okay, your numbers don't match your A1C. But that's right. because I was afraid of being imperfect. I had this like right. perfect complex. Of, right. You know, I've got to always have perfect numbers, but that's impossible. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I think that really kind of you know, traumatized yeah. me in a different way. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think that we understood that at first. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't understand that you well, were you couldn't making have, up your numbers. Right? Because, <laughs> you know, there's only so, I mean, I could sit there and watch you every single time, but you would have never allowed it because you're very independent. And it was like, Well, then no. you never learn to do it for yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you're being watched all the time isn't right. healthy either. No, no. And so, yeah, so the fact that we found that other doctor that seemed to do much better for you mm-hmm. and worked with your personality. So I think, I mean, he was a very popular doctor. I mean, they, everybody recommended him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're like, wow, you've got, we've got this great doctor and, it, and then it wasn't working. And it's like, what is happening? So, <laughs> you know, and I don't remember what it was that triggered it one time there mm-hmm. when you came home and you were just crying and crying and feeling terrible about yourself and your dad and are looking at you like, this is just not okay. Mm-hmm. We can't do this. We got to find someone else. That's kind of an interesting thing too, talking about how everybody recommended this person mm-hmm. and it was great yep. and then not having yep. that experience. Yep. And so, you know, a lot of times in the medical field, you kind of, aren't sure if right is this how it's supposed to be is this normal is this like (laughs) you know that's a complicated thing to deal with and since we were new to it all we didn't know right you know how this was all supposed to go and how how appointments usually Mm go or what yeah yeah exactly so you know you don't know that there's different ways of dealing with it and Mm -hmm. different personalities and this is the person you know, I'm doing, I'm using my hands because it's cracked with my hands, putting my fingers up for quotes. This is the person, you know, that we should all be so grateful that we have him, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, so it was not good. It was great that we had Dr. Cannon because he sort of helped make it mm-hmm. feel okay. 
So when we would talk to go to the diabetes, we still would go see Dr. Cannon. Mm -hmm. He was still very positive about everything that you were doing and how you had a very calming. I remember he was always very calming Mm -hmm. and like kind and gentle and huge, tall, tall (laughs) person. He had to duck to come into the room. The kids would watch (laughs) him do it every time. And but they just loved him because he was was, great. he, He talked to them like they were human beings and respected mm-hmm. them. He didn't just talk to us. He talked to, to the kids and it was good. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you t- mentioned a little bit about your friend, Melissa, who you mm-hmm. named me after, yeah. which is so nuts that you yeah. named me after <laughs> I know a diabetic. I'm like, wow, that was great. <laughs> Some weird, <laughs> weird <laughs> serendipity. Yeah. <laughs> but crazy. one of the interesting things was that we had you write her, for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and her daughter. Mm-hmm. We became pen yeah. pals. And- yeah. And that was nice because you had someone to talk to who actually knew how you felt mm-hmm. about things. And I can remember trying to get you to go to diabetic camp and you did not want to go. Oh, you <laughs> fought it so hard. Because I wanted you to know and feel that you weren't alone, mm-hmm. you know, and you did not want to go. <laughs> and then Christopher went with you. Did he go the first time? Yeah, with he you? went twice. With him. Yeah, he went the first time you went. And because we just felt like, okay, if Christopher's there, then maybe she'll be okay. <laughs> and once we knew Christopher was going and we got him in, then you were okay with going. So once you got there, did you like it or did you not like it? I I think there's a little bit of both. I think I was always kind of shy and it was always hard for me. Maybe, I don't know, I was like an introvert as a kid, but not really knowing it. I was always kind of shy about, once I was at a place and comfortable, then I was fine and I Mm -hmm. would flourish. But those kind of new things were always kind of scary for me. Yeah. Um, Did it make a difference for you to see that there were these other people that were doing the same thing? Yeah, it was kind of a weird phenomenon because I went from like a school where I think there were maybe one or two people with diabetes Right. to this environment where there were lots of people with diabetes and it was mm-hmm. always interesting seeing different uh different ways of you know different blood testers and everybody mm-hmm. had different blood testers and everybody had different things that they ate when they were low and so that was really interesting um mm-hmm. kind of seeing other people with diabetes and how they were you know when, their because when you were low, you didn't, you didn't, you don't know what that looks like. Yeah. But then you got to see other people who yeah. were low mm-hmm. and see, and then understood why we say, "Oh, Melissa, you're low." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seeing kind of other people's uh, experiences was interesting. Yeah. I think as a kid, I, I don't know how to answer that because I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I remember not wanting to go and not liking it, mm-hmm. but you know, I think, yeah, I think I did. Um, I don't know. That's interesting. I'll have to think about that more. Yeah. Um, because you didn't want to continue. Yeah. You only went what twice or three times? I can't remember. I think I only went twice. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um. Okay, we had to take a low break. <laughs> Ironically <laughs> enough. <laughs> um. So if I've been weird during this interview, you know, I've been a little low. Um, anyway, uh, so we've kind of jumped all over, but I think one of my, the story I always think about 
when I think about um, kind of defining moments of your diabetic life. Um, so I was in fifth grade and this was yeah. a really hard year and I've kind of thought about this a lot over the years and I really wanted about- you to talk about this because it was defining for me too yeah um and I think okay so this fifth grade class was kind of crazy and as I've said over the over the years you know I've thought about it and thought about the stress I always kind of think about <laughs> when you've grown up, you think about things differently than when you're a kid and it's this huge, crazy thing. Um, but I, so in fifth grade, I always had my friend Lainey <laughs> with me. Um, well, and I insisted. I'll have to in- interview Lainey at some point. I've got to call her, <laughs> see if she wants to be interviewed. <laughs> That's true. Um, because she honestly really, I mean, she was my best friend growing up mm-hmm. and we had been, you know, we were tied at the hip and, Um, did everything together and she kind of was my person, you know, anytime I had to go anywhere, go to the office or do anything, she would go with me as Mm -hmm. sort of like someone in case something happened. Right. Um, because it was a rule that if you were diabetic, you had to have someone with you when you were, especially if you were low. Yeah. So anyway, my teacher at this point had basically said, you know, if you're low, you just go, you don't need to come ask me, you take Lainey and you go and I'll know, um, Anyway, so that was kind of set up as this system of, you know, you just go and take care of yourself. You go to the office, you do what you need to do. And so I had been, um, we were on our way to, I think, a gym class and I could feel that I was kind of going low. And so I had taken Lainey with me and we had gone and I had, I think we had gone to the bathroom. I had drank my juice and she had realized we were gone and probably panicked honestly like (laughs) thinking about this outside of the horrible situation that this was but she had come and found us and the whole class was with her and this is how I'm remembering it. I'll have to ask Lainey how she remembers this situation but anyway was mad and freaked out that we had left and was yelling at me about you know, leaving and not knowing where we were and yelled. And I remember distinctly her saying to me, I know that you'll never be normal, but that's not something about that's not an excuse for like doing this. She was just in a rage about probably scared that I had gone and, you know, wasn't there. She'd lost control of the class. This The whole year was about, you know, losing control of this class of girls and it was just crazy and so all of this kind of wrapped up into one but that moment where she said that to me was really I mean I cried and it was horrible I do you remember me telling you about it yeah yeah because I don't remember telling you about it I just remember that you came home you came home and told me because you got into trouble and um told me you know she told me to go mom and I took Lainey and we went and when she came back that she said this to me and I was so (laughs) angry and I went to the school the next morning and I found Marilyn the secretary and I told her the story and I told her exactly what happened and I said I expect that if my daughter needs to go to the restroom or she needs is feeling low that she will be able to go to the office without anyone making her feel uncomfortable or bad about this. 
this will not stand. I am so angry and upset. And at that point, Marilyn just lost it. And she was so <laughs> She was mad. my champion. And she brought that teacher down there and she told her in no uncertain terms exactly what she was going to do and exactly how she was going to do it and that this would not happen again or she would no longer be teaching at that school. I mean, I know that Marilyn had the right to say that, but she scared her, which she should have because it was horrible what that it's teacher did It's to interesting too you. because, I mean, now thinking back at it, you know, I kind of it is kind of a defining moment of something someone said to me that really like made me I mean it just made me second guess everything about myself Mm -hmm. and thinking about it now you know you know I'm not normal and that's great you know (laughs) and so I think about it in a different way and you know when someone says something awful to you you try and turn it Mm -hmm. into something else right and it's so interesting that like those triggering moments because I feel like I'm constantly being like, do I remember this correctly? You know, (laughs) am I remembering this, how it really happened? Because those things that happen to you, you really, you know, you remember them a certain way when you're, when it happens to you. And that's kind of what matters. Not, you know, maybe she didn't mean it that way. Maybe she didn't, you know, intend it that way, but that's how it hit me. And and one of the things was that your dad and I had worked so hard (laughs) to make sure that you knew that everything was going to be okay. And that no matter how, whatever happened in your life, we would be able to deal with it and it would be okay. And the fact that this person said this to you just... It probably really triggered you too. Oh, it it did. Brain stem. I mean, I was so (laughs) angry. I mean, literally angry. I was... Yeah. I was so mad because, you know... And number one, as a teacher, <laughs> I know that you don't do those kind of things. But well, you weren't two, a teacher then. But I had been a teacher. You had been trained, but yes, you weren't yes, a teacher. Yes, but. I, yeah. But I was trained. I mean, I knew. I mean, you just don't do something like that. I mean, if you are having issues with someone, you put it aside. You wait and yeah, you take care of it. You don't do it in front of the in whole In front class. of the class. I think that was really traumatic for me because I we've talked about this before, like not wanting people to know that I'm different that was kind of mm-hmm. and I think was that was maybe one of those triggering moments for me of like feeling embarrassed about mm-hmm. it and feeling like yeah. the shame of mm-hmm. like yeah. getting in trouble and you know yeah, which you never did I didn't no <laughs> yeah. no and it was just so it was traumatizing number one you never wanted anyone to know if I ever told anyone it was such <laughs> a big deal you know oh we have to talk about the women at the at the place we went to eat oh yeah oh that was the worst <laughs> oh my gosh okay oh. it's funny because this is one of those lore stories too oh, that gets man. told over and over again and <laughs> it's funny because of the way that uh, i mean just tell it you, okay you go ahead so i can't remember where we were we were at gardner village Gardner village. Yeah, yeah we were at gardner village and we were ordering drinks and i said to them because you were still little, like just barely. This had barely happened maybe to you. Maybe ten, yeah. eleven. Yeah, and so I said, I asked the waitress, "Do you have any um, any, any diet, diet drinks?" drinks? And she's, other than, uh, diet, other than Coke. diet Coke. And she said, "No, we don't." And I said, oh, "Okay, well then, Melissa will just have water." And she looked at me like I was. Li- I had the other kids with me. All of them were there. And so, and they all had their drinks, you know. I thought it was just us. No, no, no. No, the other kids were there too. I feel like I only remember it being us, but that's No, the other kids were there too. And 
she looked, and that's why it was so weird because I wasn't saying all the kids had to drink water. Mm-hmm. They got what they wanted, you know, and then we, we got to you, right? Mm-hmm. And and I said, oh, she's just going to have water then. Like I'm, like I'm <laughs> worried about her weight or something, you know. And the lady was so mad. Oh, you could she tell. She was like slamming stuff down on the yeah, table. Yeah, she was really mad at me grumpy. because she thought I was like the worst mother on the planet because I was making my daughter drink water and would let her drink a sugar drink. <laughs> and then at some point I managed to tell her, you, you know, like mentioned it. You're I like, did I'm like, mention this. To- yeah. I said, I've got to tell her we're going to find something wrong in our food. I mean, I don't know. This is not good. <laughs> so I finally found a way to let her know. I said, yeah, it's really hard when, when places don't have, you know, other diet drinks, you can't bring something in because my daughter's di- type one diabetic and she can only have, non-diet drinks you know and she's like oh oh well that's oh I'm so sorry I wish we had something you know and then it was all nice and she was kind and she did all these things for us and it was like oh my word <laughs> you know but it's interesting that that without knowing how others are looking at what we're doing it mm-hmm. can be putting out very different well, and there's a lot about you know a lot of fat shaming that goes on with yes, kids and yes. controlling what kids eat. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. can be really detrimental. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. of course I would yeah. probably think the same thing, I right? Know. Like, Oh, how rude. I know. Like, you know, this, this parent thinking this <laughs> oh, little twiggy word. kid. Can't yeah. Have she was anything. so skinny and you were so skinny at the time. It was like, Oh my <laughs> gosh, what the heck? She thinks I'm a horrible mother. <laughs> well, and I think that's kind of one of the biggest you know, you as you've talked about, um, you know, your your experience as a parent, I think you take that on. Like, what do I look like? What do I mm-hmm. seem like? And I think that's, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, and, and part of it, too, is the fact that, you know, am I doing enough? You know, all these other parents that got really involved in the diabetic movement, all this kind of stuff. You know, I never do that. It was not my... Mm-hmm. my thing to do that I mean I supported things but I was not the type to go and and some people really have that that reaction when something like this happens right to one of their children but I was raising five kids <laughs> I had to <laughs> I, they had to be part of I had to be part of their lives too sure. and if I took that whole bit it was not it would take away from what I was able to do for them at right. the same time yeah so there were decisions that had to be made at the time that were hard but that you know you just have to Go forward doing the best you can. Yeah, being a parent is hard. <laughs> it's funny the things you see once you are a parent that like make you realize how hard it is. <laughs> We're talking about this as, you know, you've been yeah. here visiting for a week and mm-hmm. being a parent is hard. And, yes, it is. you know, chronic illness is hard. And mm-hmm. I think, yep. you know, all you can do is what you can do. And right. I think you guys, right. you know, I never... I always felt, I guess I didn't ever feel like you guys were treating me differently or doing, you know, doing the things I always felt cared for. And and that's big. The only thing that was hard, I feel like, was when I had to tell people that you were diabetic because I was (laughs) leaving you with them or... So you were, they were going to be in charge My of you at some point. My biggest thing was like in middle it. school and high school, you threatening to come <sighs> in and tell my teachers that I'm diabetic <laughs> yeah. because you were so because afraid she would, of not do it. Telling. I did. <laughs> I didn't. Be- I, I would was tell so my afraid. teachers. Well, that was after my teacher acted like she didn't know. And so then yeah. you, for a minute, you were like, you aren't telling them. I, yes. like, I am telling them. <laughs> I am. They don't, they're not remembering. So. 
Yeah. It's interesting because we've talked to other parents and over time, you know, I feel like it's always kind of a similar experience of because you you can't control it. Right. You mm-hmm. can't as a yeah. parent, you have to yeah. sort of sit on the sideline and let your child kind of mm-hmm. navigate this existence. Yeah. And well, think it's about hard. it. When you were first in junior high, I made sure Lainey or one of your friends was in every class. <laughs> Poor Lainey. <laughs> you know, just because, just be because I didn't, not just Lainey, but um, others of your friends, as long as there was one who knew yeah, what to do knew. for you, then I was okay. But, <laughs> and then once you got to high school and stuff, I didn't have that anymore. I was like, I was fine. I have no control. I survived. <laughs> I, I no don't control. think I ever had any crazy High, like lows at school uh, in high school yeah. which seems crazy but. i know because you didn't get your pump until after you quit swimming right? yeah uh, i swam in high school so i i didn't have an insulin pump it felt like it would be irritating and just annoying to have it yeah um so yeah i didn't have it until college and but, thank heavens because that was a game changer yeah it was just a different way of care and i think um I think there's lots of different ways that different that people choose to treat their diabetes and mm-hmm. it's it is always kind of interesting. So thanks for interviewing yeah. with me. I know it's hard to talk about feelings and emotions yeah. of what it's like to you know yeah. deal with chronic illness, but it's been yeah. a good conversation and fun to kind of talk yeah. about all the things. Yeah. <laughs> the few things of the many stories that we've told. That's and true. You're, yeah. you're, you know, you have always been at the epicenter because yeah. you were with me at the beginning at the hospital. And, yeah. you know, and that that is a difficult thing to, you know, you were with me and yeah. along the way of learning yeah. this life changing thing. That <laughs> yeah, was hard. So it was very hard, but we managed it. And even through the teenagers, which were very hard. <laughs> And we managed to get through it because we're both very emotional and <laughs> <laughs> like to yell. Yeah. And the poor boys would be like, what is happening? <laughs> we're but, surviving. But somehow. we survived it all. We still love each other and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, honey. It's been yep. wonderful. Of course. Well, that wraps up this episode of Highs and Lows. Life Alongside Diabetes. This was a really fun one and kind of uh, exciting and also a little stressful with it being your mom. Yeah, it's hard to interview. I think it's just hard to interview family in general because you're so used to the way you talk without the pressure of a microphone. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, it's great to kind of communicate in different ways and bring out different things that you wouldn't originally. You yeah, know. for sure. And this is uh, the 13th episode of the series so far. And so... Lucky 13. Uh, lucky number 13. <laughs> Melissa's lucky number. She won a car with that number. My <laughs> word. In high anyway. school. Anyway. <laughs> um, That's a tangent. <laughs> that is a tangent. But we are on the precipice of wrapping up season one here in a couple of episodes, probably. And as we are thinking through the future of the show, one of the things that we want to do is space these episodes out just a little bit. So rather than a weekly release, we will likely be moving to an every two-week structure. 
We've got to keep our sanity somehow. We got to keep our sanity <laughs> somehow. A lot of stuff going on. Recording in the middle of the night when our kids uh, are asleep. <laughs> and this also will open up a little more space for some of the other things we want to do, like yeah. the blog, like focusing on producing and thinking through our engagements with some of these themes in different and creative ways. So uh, thank you for listening to this episode. As usual, wherever you're listening, go ahead and like and subscribe. Uh, if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave us a review. It does help us out. Uh, it gets the show into more ears. So head over to Instagram. Uh, check out previous posts, images of some of the breads we, we've made. Uh, it'll link to our blog and our website. Yeah, diabretic.com. Go ahead and check it out, and we will uh, catch you on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>